Welcome everyone, it's me, Sherry West. In light of recent events in our country, I felt compelled to remind you that at LiveGirl, our mission is to build confident, inclusive leaders, and our vision is to contribute to a world free from both racial and gender inequality. The last few weeks have shown me that we must do more to accomplish this vision. In order to build inclusive leaders who will make the world a better place, we must commit to working together to create an anti-racist society. I personally care deeply about this issue, and I'm prepared to do everything in my power to drive positive change. To do so will require learning, unlearning, and listening to and then amplifying the voices of color and experience. Welcome to episode 15, Dream a Dream. Sponsored by Lavender and Pine Gifting. Welcome, welcome everyone. With Broadway dark until at least September 6th due due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we're honored to feature a Broadway star for some hope and inspiration. Brennan Lark is an African-American singer and actress. She went from playing Eponine in Les Mis on Broadway just a few years ago right out of college to the starring role in Dreamgirls in London. And most recently, she took her talent to the small screen in Amazon's award-winning The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She has been described as a star on the rise. Welcome, Brennan. Aw, hi. Thank you for having me. How are you? We're wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you're well in quarantine. Um, yes. You're here locally in Connecticut, I understand. I'm in Connecticut. I mean, I wanted to be closer to nature and not as stimulated in, in the city, so I wanted to go more remote and a little bit more secluded. <laughs> and, you know, nature, extra time with nature is a silver lining for us. So we need it. We definitely need that. We're so excited to have you here. What an honor. I personally love Broadway. A few of my favorites are are Hamilton and what the Constitution means to me. So I'd love to just have you start from the beginning and tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a Broadway star. Yeah, you know, um, so I think I've always been a singer just innately. That always just came most naturally to me. So I knew in in some... um, format or medium, I was going to always sing. I didn't know what the platform would be. Growing up, I definitely wanted to, you know, be a, like a pop star and, and do recording music. And I still do record my own music, but I just started getting in, involved in local community theater and regional theater in the Connecticut area. And um, I um, went to, to college, uh, American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City. And that kind of um, sparked the audition that uh, led me to uh, booking Les Mis, and it happened fast and, and furiously. I, it was my fourth semester at school, college, and specifically at, at this specific um, conservatory, uh, you go for four semesters. Your fourth semester, you are allowed to audition, and they want they encourage that, and so you go from having um, day classes to evening classes and they're, you're expected to audition during the day. And I ended up going in for Les Mis and I had to leave school early because I ended up booking the role um, of Eponine, which was just such a magical day. I remember that day like it was yesterday getting the call. It was just like the most special, terrifying feeling because, you know, you, you want it. And then when it happens, you're kind of like, you know, the self-doubt sort of creeps in and whatnot. And you're like, oh my God, can I really rise to the occasion? And you sort of just find that the opportunity wouldn't present itself if, if you weren't able to um, stand in those, those very large shoes. And so 
it just sort of was a whirlwind. I left school, I started rehearsing. I think I rehearsed for about four weeks total. And then it was just like, boom. And it just, it was time to just um, do the show. And that's kind of how it happened. Uh, I, I did the show for about um, almost two years. It's an incredible story. So yeah. you are living the dream of so many young girls home right now in quarantine, oh. making your TikToks, <laughs> wanting yeah. to become pop singers or Broadway singers, and you're living that dream. That's so incredible. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it, it was one of those things where they say um, luck is opportunity meeting preparation. And I definitely am a strong believer in that. It was just such a synchronistic um, moment. Uh, not saying that I, that it just sort of fell into my lap or anything, but the timing was perfect. It was like, I went to school, I got this agent, and then the agent, I think it was the second or first audition that he sent me out for, just freelancing. It happened to be Les Mis, and I sort of was like, I didn't even see myself in that show. It just was never a show that I thought that I would be in. Mm -hmm. And um, I went in thinking, oh, this is just going to be practice. I'm just flexing my audition muscle. And I kind of was like, okay, let's just go in and see what happens. And when I got the call back, I remember on the phone to my agent, I was like, are you sure this is the right, they have the right person, right? Is this the right person? <laughs> I didn't believe it. Um, and he was like, yeah, no. And I just went another, I think I had um, four total auditions. That's including callbacks and all of that. And I remember just being so nervous because that fourth audition, which is the final you walk in and it's just a table of all the creatives. It's your your um, director, your assistant director. It's the producers. It's the um, it's the house manager. You know, it's every it's everyone in that room. It's the casting director, uh, and it can be very intimidating. But I just kind of remember just like just breathing and just share. I, a big mantra of mine is you are there to um, you have everything to share and nothing to prove. So that's kind of the way I live my life. It's kind of like I'm just sharing. I don't have to prove anything. I'm sharing me, I'm sharing my heart, I'm sharing my gifts. And if it resonates, it resonates. If not, then on to the, the next journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. So what was the first Broadway, Broadway show that you saw and who or what inspired you to pursue Broadway? Uh, yeah, so um, my, the first Broadway show I saw was with my mom. We went to see Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was just, what a day. I just remember, it was a whole like, shindig we had to make it we went to serendipity to get frozen hot chocolate it's like the whole experience my mom was really good about that and we sat there and i my eyes were just attached to the screen but um it wasn't too foreign because growing up i my mom is pretty musical and i grew up in a very mgm household so all of those kind of golden age movies the judy garland movies the lena horn movies where they're performing and they're huge production numbers and i've always had such an affinity with with that world and actors and actresses express expressing themselves in that fashion being able to dance and the costumes and the large-scale production i just loved that and so I was right at home watching Beauty and the Beast and I, I loved the costumes and I loved um, the, the voices and, and just the experience. And um, that was just a really special, I remember that just, I, I must have been maybe eight years old or so and my eyes couldn't be wider. I don't think, I don't think I blinked once. Um, and so after that, oh, what was the next question? You asked how I... Or what inspired you to pursue Broadway? What inspired me? Yeah. Um, as I said, I just have always been a very artistic person. I've always liked to express myself um, through singing, through moving. Um, 
I'm even though growing up I was that annoying child that still did sports and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I think the constant was performing and I was singing for my stuffed animals and I was writing songs and all of this. And um, that's just something that came to me. And I think um, a passion and something that comes naturally to you is almost like a universal clue into what your purpose is. I think if it comes naturally, to you there's a reason why that interest is there and you should absolutely pursue it because I think it's coming from an authentic place um, and I just have always been fascinated by artists and what they can do with their voices and the big voices the Whitney Houston's and the artists like um, Diana Ross or um, Barbara Streisand I'm a big Barbara Streisand fan and I'm just in awe of their storytelling abilities and their abilities to transform into a, a different character and their chameleons in that way. And I just have always been a strong proponent of the arts. I, I just love it. it. It just lives within me and I enjoy watching it and I enjoy talking about it. It's actually incredible just I'm, I'm watching you, but also listening to you and the passion that you clearly have for yeah. the singing and acting and like it actually, it's so incredible to see you. You're obviously doing what you were meant to do, and I love your advice on telling young women to, to follow their passion. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, other than your mother, who clearly encouraged you by giving you the serendipity hot chocolate and, and <laughs> delivering that Broadway experience to you, who else mentored you along the way? Because Broadway, I mean, it's, it's known to be a pretty tough business. So who, who, who believed in you? Who saw you? Who made, made sure that you had the right, the right opportunities? You know, it's tricky, and that's why I love what you're doing so much, Sherry, because I craved a mentor growing up. I really did not have that. I wish I had, like, little me had, like, myself now. Like, I wish I could visit my young self and sort of give some advice, because in middle school and, and whatnot, I didn't have that that compass at all. Um, I was fortunate my mom, but... It, um, the more and more I did, the more shows I did, whether it be children's theater or regional theater, I sort of just, I picked up things along the way. I, ha I was working with some, I find that in the, the arts um, in particular, you tend to grow up a little bit quicker because you're around adults all the time working with older actors. And so they kind of, each person individually was a mentor in a way. Just, I remember I did a show when I was 13, I did The Wiz. And this was in Stamford, Connecticut at um, Curtain Call, actually. And um, I remember the kids were, there were some older adults and I just would ask them tips. And it's funny because I carried that even to my Broadway debut, I still was like a sponge. Like I have that sponge mentality of just wanting to absorb and, and ask and ask questions and sort of um, figure out what techniques other people are using or how they finesse the business side of things. Um, and so it's, it's never been one singular person. It's just sort of taking in everything that I can, um, along with just, just researching on YouTube. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna age myself, but when I was in elementary school, I didn't even have YouTube growing up. And I think it's such an amazing database to just explore and you can YouTube anything and you can get singing lessons and you can watch archival footage of show it's just amazing i wish i had even that growing up but sort of now and over the past you know seven years or so 
of course, I just get on online and I research and I study and, and things of that nature. So, but I, that's why, as I said, the work that you do is amazing because it's amazing for women to come together and have the opportunity to be supportive to one another and share and, and grow together in a, a, a collective, uh, united front. I think it's right. so, so important. Right. And I, and I, while I do agree, it's so important for women to pay it forward to the next generation of female leaders and to mentor. I also love what you're saying, which is you can't sit there and wait for, for the mentor. You have to go out and self-activate your power and look around you because there are, you can learn just by observing people around you and to really go out there and, and, and to seek the learning as you obviously did to, to elevate yourself to, to that top level, which is incredible. Right. And it's just a hunger, you know, I just had a hunger to want to be better and a hunger to want to grow and and I'm still like if the work's not done. I don't think it right. ever ends. Like I'm still, I think we all go to earth school and we're just, you know, we just are learning as we, we go. That's right. Well, so going back to that, that there was that Playbill headline. When I Google your name, there's a big headline that says they dreamed the dream, how two 20 somethings went direct from college to Broadway's Les Mis. And that really is truly you living the dream. And so can, what's your advice to young women? in terms of setting goals and, and, and dreaming a dream? What's your advice? You know, I think as we stated in the beginning, there's a reason why you're dreaming it. Um, you wouldn't be dreaming it if it wasn't um, attainable. So be protective over your dream. And when I say that, I mean, create boundaries. So even with our family members, sometimes we get really excited and passionate about an idea. And all it takes is for you to then call your mom or your friend and then them sort of like yuck your yum and then you get down on yourself and then you don't per pursue it. So I'd say have a tunnel vision. There's a reason why you want to do it, especially if it's to serve the highest good. So the um, everything around us will shift by you living in your authentic truth. And once you can own that and know that for yourself, all the opportunities will kind of come to you like magnets because the work needs to be done and especially if you're operating from a higher place and it's an act of servitude that means that there's a message and that means that there's a foundation behind what you're doing and so it's bigger than you at this point mm -hmm. and so it needs to be done um and i'm also just going back to artists that's why when i watch a singer perform or I, even if I go to a, a, a basketball game, I'm just in awe because these are not just people that are talented. These are people that have moved through fear and self-doubt, um, which so many people have immaculate talents and they will never be able to amount to what they would have liked to because fear and, and, and doubt gets in, in the way. So it's like I, I coach a lot of younger girls and I always tell them technique is amazing and it's beautiful, but if you can't get out of your own way, then the technique just kind of falls to the to the wayside. So I say with your dream, be protective over it, cultivate it, own it, know it for yourself, know why you're doing it. Let it come from an authentic place. Know that that's your soul. And then understand that you have to share it now. It's your duty to share it. So it's beyond you. You keeping it to yourself is almost a disservice to the universe at this point. So share it. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about uh, the lifestyle of a Broadway performer because I can't imagine that's easy. In <laughs> yeah, woo! Lifestyle <laughs> of a Broadway performer. Well, it's it's you have to have discipline. It really is tricky. Um, you know, you're doing a show eight times a week, and you're you are like a machine. And I do believe that 
specifically Broadway, that medium of, of live performing Broadway is different than the television medium because it's not, you know, started stop. It's, we can't cut, we can't edit, we can't, you know, go into post. Um, not taking away from anything because TV actors work so hard as well. But I just mean in terms of that live moment, you only have that moment. It's in real time. And so if you have a cold that day, you're working with a cold. If you have a headache that day, you're working with a headache um, throughout that whole show. You have to just let it happen. And, you know, it's, it's very, you have to have a regimen for yourself and you have to, it's a lot of sacrifice at times. You know, I, I, there's certain foods that I definitely have to stay away from, um, like dairy and things of that nature that kind of upset the respiratory system. Um, and you have to kind of just allow yourself to have time to rest, rest, water, very important. But it definitely is a lifestyle. I'm not doing a show currently, but when I'm, um, when I am booked on a show, a, a live show, when I did Dream Girls or Les Mis, I, when I sign up for that job, I know it's just a lifestyle change that's about to take place. Right. Yeah. And what are the actors doing now that Broadway is dark because of coronavirus? trying to stay sane <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> like you know but you know i think this is it's interesting because now that everything is dark you tend to under you tend to uncover how much value you put on your job and how you allow it to value you mm -hmm. so i think this can be an amazing learning opportunity for a lot of performers to understand that sure i think it's tricky because our passion is also our, our job so we become so intertwined with that notion of, okay, if I'm not working, who am I? But it's like, you're okay if you're not working because you still have the joy inside and you can still sing. It's maybe people aren't, you know, watching you all the time, but that, that comes up with its own issues. If you're only doing it for external validation, you're going to fall into, you know, an issue there. But I think people are just... I can only speak for myself. I, I know for me, I just try to stay as creative as I can, but some days I'm not creative. And that's okay. Um, I, I'm, it's just more about me just uh, allowing this time to inform who I am as a person, how I can grow, um, who do I show up as when there's sort of chaos around me. It's so, there's so much learning to be had during this. I've learned so much about myself in, in this time. It, it's a gift. Like I understand, not taking away from all of the, you know, the heaviness that, that surrounds this pandemic, not taking away from that at all. Um, but there is a point in which you start having to show up with joy for those that aren't able to show up with joy right now. I just don't think we do. Um, it's a disservice to wake up and, and be pessimistic because we don't need any, any of that energy right now. We need to stay uplifted, you know? And so I've just been trying to find my joy and uh, I, I was reading something the other day and it also said joy is an act of service as well because you know you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on other people and so show up with show up each morning with joy and then that has a contagious effect and so like i said it's just day by day for me i just go to um, whatever feels good in that moment that's so yeah. beautifully yeah. said and can you just expand on that so the, the idea of self-care is important but so is the idea of community care and i'm just curious if that exists in, in Broadway, like actors looking up for actors, especially right now, uplifting each other, you know, while, mm -hmm. while Broadway is dark. But I feel like, and you, you talked earlier about what you do for your own self-care, you know, the food and the water. And I've also read somewhere that you're big into meditation as kind of a, a secret to self-care. But 
Um, so talk about the importance of self-care and your advice to young women, but then also the importance of community care and looking out for each other. Yeah, self-care is massively important. You have to look after yourself before you can look after anyone else. And so you have to figure out what that is for yourself. It's an intimate, uh, self-care is intimate. And I know, I do see a lot of the self-care world. It's like a face mask and bubble baths, which I love bubble baths. Do not get me wrong. They're wonderful. But I think we sometimes forget why we're doing the self-care. It's not just for vanity or for... Um, superficial surface level reasonings and so we can help and be better suited to be out in our communities and to serve um, but i just think self-care you have to understand what is it that you're needing what are you um i think each scenario that arises that's quote unquote problematic is an opportunity to, uh, to grow from it so when something comes up into your space that's kind of ugh, making you um anxious ask yourself the question okay, what is this about? What is this really about? And that's helped me so much with anxiety or fear. Um, if I'm feeling like a little bit lonely, I have to ask what part of me feels lonely? Is it because I just need to call a friend? Okay, I'm gonna call a friend. Or um, is it because I need to just put on some music and just kind of release? So, so we just need to um, have those conversations with ourselves, And I think that's a major step in the right direction for self-care. It's understanding yourself more. I think, how can you activate a self-care routine when you don't even know who, what the self is? So start identifying who you are, what your needs are, what needs are not being met, and then you can find a remedy to that specific issue. Um, and then, what was the other question? And then just the concept of community and how Broadway might be looking at for each other as a community. Yeah, you know, we're all musicians and that lives through us. And so a lot of, I've been noticing for me, a lot of my fellow um, actors have been coming to me and asking to just do sort of like these Skype sessions or um, just sending in videos and then they're sort of splicing it all together and, and coming up with really cute artistic videos. But it's funny, a, a friend of mine, he has, he's kind of put together all the different trios and quartets from a bunch of different musicals and he's going to kind of put them all together because they kind of embody isolation in a way. But when we were rehearsing for it, he actually said the thing that he misses most about theater is the collaborative um, part of it, which not necessarily the performing, but the rehearsal component of getting together, sinking our teeth into these characters, trying to figure out what the story is that we're telling. And I found that really interesting because I was like, yeah, sometimes it's not necessarily about the live performance. It's about our connection as humans and us working on this singular project and how can we add our flavor to it. And so that was really interesting. And of course, in the community, there's the Actors Fund, which is, you know, um, really important for actors that don't have the means right now. We're, we're lucky we have, a lot of people have donated to that, which has been super helpful. And I know SAG has done um, some stuff in terms of raising money for those who are, um, you know, in trouble find, or feel financially insecure right now. So those are very um, important and wonderful tools that we have right now. Incredible, yeah. And shifting over to TV, um, how did the transition to the Marvel happen? Yeah, I've, I've always, um, I've wanted to do, as I said, growing up, I admire these artists like um, Lena Horne and, and Judy Garland because they could do it all in that time. If you were on the radio, you were doing the movies, you were doing, uh, and you could do, even Barbara Streisand, you, you were doing it all. So I've always, I also have creative ADD a little bit, and so I like to <laughs> shake things up, and I've always wanted to be uh, multifaceted in, in the performing arena. And um, 
yeah, I, I just wanted to do TV. And then this sort of popped up. It was a next day appointment. And I started, next thing I knew, I was working on the show, which was really cool because I thought that the role was just going to be like a glamorized extra. Like I thought it was going to be like two seconds, like, because I'm in another trio. I'm a uh, part of um, a girl group called the Silver Bells. And we back up uh, Shy Baldwin, who is the character on the show. And one thing led to the next and we ended up making little appearances throughout the whole season pretty much, which was really like a pleasant. You stole the show. Brennan, you stole oh my the God. show. Oh, I'm a fan of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And you stole the show. You were so amazing. And oh, so sweet. No, I mean, Rachel, uh, the woman that plays um, Midge Maisel, she is like a machine. Just watching her and seeing her work up there is back to the whole sponge mentality. I was just like, wow, she's just incredible. I mean, she has monologues on top of monologues to memorize. And sometimes she doesn't even get them until like a couple of days before. And she has to like, you know, learn it really quickly. But that was just an amazing learning curve. And I feel really fortunate because that was technically my first TV debut. And um, I was nervous, but I was also like, well, this couldn't have been, um, better because it's so theatrical that show that I felt like I could really sort of like align myself with that rhythm and it wasn't like I was just shot, shot out of the cannon and I didn't know what to do um so it was just and we got to go to Miami which I cannot complain we got to shoot <laughs> on location so it was just an incredible experience but um I learned so much so that was really cool I like that. yeah and so what's next for you what's your dream now my dream now, I, I'm uh, taking it day by day. I think as I don't ever think anything is a setback, even if there is no work, it's still an opportunity to evolve as a person. And so the most important thing for me is just evolving as a person and becoming a more uh, grounded and loving person and be always, I'll always, always, always be creative. And so I just see myself being creative. Um, being as conscious as possible, sharing, giving, living in joy, living in truth, living in authenticity, and that changes all the time. So we'll just see. I love how you articulated yeah. your dream in terms of values versus, you know, a specific title or position. I think that's yeah. amazing. Amazing way to look at it. Um, well, you are amazing, Brennan. And before we close, we would be so honored if you would maybe sing a few lines from one of your favorite songs or from your favorite one of your favorite shows, whatever you prefer. Yeah, I, I've had the pleasure of hearing your voice before, and it every time it just it's magical. So we would. Really oh, thank you. Um, I'll do something from. Should I do something from Dreamgirls? Since yeah, definitely. That'd be that'd be amazing. Okay. Every man has his own special dream, and that dream's just about to come true. Life's not as bad as it may seem if you open your eyes to what's in front of you. We your dream girls, boys, will make you happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We your dream girls, boys, we'll always care. We your dream. Dream girls will never leave you. No, I know. And all you've got to do is dream, baby. We'll be there. Yeah. Dream. Dream girls will help you to survive. Dream. Dream girls will keep your fantasies alive. <laughs> <laughs> I just, want to know, I just want you to know, Brendan, when I'm in my car, 
and I turn my radio up really loudly and I start singing. I sound like that. It's amazing. Ah, well, we should do, well, we have to do a duet then. That's the only option. Oh, no, no, no. I, we're short on time. <laughs> um, so actually, just to wrap up, um, we always ask our guests what we call our three wise women questions. They're just fun questions mm -hmm. to get to know you a little bit better before we go. Great. What is your favorite quarantine joy? Oh my goodness. Um, I, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I have been, I create dance parties for myself. It's just me, but <laughs> I guarantee it's more fun than any club I've ever been to in my life. So I absolutely, I get fully decked out. Sometimes I have like a red wig that I put on and it brings me so much joy. I mean, I pretend that I'm in a music video, like it's serious. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I would do that even without quarantine, so. <laughs> um, next one, what are you obsessed with right now? It could be a show or any book. <gasps> oh my gosh, I love, there's a show on Netflix. I don't even think it's just on Netflix. It's on, it was on another network, but anyway, it's called Ancient Aliens. And it's my favorite So I fall into such a rabbit hole. And it's kind of just about these ancient astronaut, astronaut theorists sort of talk about the structures that have been on our planet and how um, technology was influenced by the extraterrestrial. And I'm just so fascinated by it. It's just crazy. It's, it's my favorite. Yeah, we'll look it up. Yeah. It's really, you might need to sleep with a nightlight on after, but <laughs> it'll be worth it. <laughs> And lastly, who do you consider to be the greatest leader of all time, living or historical? That is so hard. Um, there's so many. Oh, my gosh. Like Martin Luther King or um, any, any person that's shifted our social paradigms. But, oh, I'll just say somebody that, that I've just been reading up about. I was watching the Josephine Baker mm. uh, movie, and I watched a bunch of documentaries on her. And I'm just so inspired by her because she lived in America and then moved to France. She's actually considered our first international um, black superstar. Mm -hmm. um, but not only was she incredibly gifted, you know, she has the banana skirt. And so she's just iconic in her own right. But I have read that she actually helped with the French resistance. So when the Nazis were invading France, she was hiding some of the resistance in her uh, chateau in the south of France. And she also was finding information of where the German troops were. And she was pretending to go to these parties and she was getting information. And it was really dangerous that she put herself out there as, as sort of this like liaison. But I, I never knew that about her. She's so political. And of course, she stood for a lot of civil rights and things of that nature. So I definitely love everything that she's, she stood for. She's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. And there's so much women's history that we, yeah. that we don't know about. I know, right? Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Brennan. You are an inspiration. Yeah. Thank you for being with us here today. And thank you for supporting our community of girls and young women. Um, you lift us up so, so much. You have no idea. Um, and, and just thank you. Yeah. And hey, to our audience, can we ask a favor? If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. So in closing, I'm Sherry. And I'm Olivia. And we hope that you feel more confident after today's episode. This week's challenge is to commit to a dream by writing it down and adopt an affirmation like, I will move boldly, boldly toward my dream. Believe in yourself and believe in your dream.